Welcome to the Weekly Gaming. My name is Derek Ramon Jackson. Of course, this is patreon.com slash Derek Ramon experience as well as the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network. Uh, happy Saturday if you're listening on Patreon and happy Monday if you're listening on the free feeds. Uh, of course, I'm back with the weekly gaming news. Our first story comes from PCGamer.com, the fourth largest RAM manufacturer warns of impending price correction. Now, that's not great news for manufacturers, but not bad news for us gamers. You may not recognize the name Nanya in the same way you might Samsung, SK, Hynix, and Micron, but it is still a major player in the DRAM manufacturing industry. In fact, Nanya Technology Corporation is the f- world's fourth largest DRAM manufacturer, so when it reveals that a price correction is on the way, it's worth sitting up and listening. Uh, here, in this particular instance, correction basically means price drop. That's right, you guys. In these days of silicon shortages and frustratingly high prices, RAM is one of the few things that isn't in short supply or needlessly expensive. Great news for anyone looking to upgrade their system, although probably not so great news for all the companies mentioned so far. The reason for this impending price drop expected to happen by the end of the year is because demand is simply not as high as expected. This is partly due to the aforementioned component shortages with factory closures due to COVID-19 and high inflation in the region not helping matters much. The prediction for the price drop was given by Nanya during its quarter three earnings results last Friday via the register. Um, If you're building a PC, well, then (laughs) this is good news for you. You're probably going to get your RAM at a cheaper cost. With the shortages and things like that affecting the video game industry, obviously they can't make enough PlayStation 5s or Xbox Series S or Xs, so those shortages are going to continue into 2022. Uh, This also affects the vehicle industry. Uh, I had a former co-worker who worked at a car lot, and he said they didn't have any new cars to sell, so he had to leave and find a new profession. It's just that bad. And these shortages seem like they're going to continue for quite some time. So um, if you want a next-gen console and you can't get your hands on one and you don't have a PC, I would suggest maybe this is probably the time you want to think about building a PC. It just makes more sense. Um, I don't know if it affects, you know, CPUs and things like that with uh, AMD or Intel or anything like that, but I haven't heard anything. But, um, you know, I don't know. This this is a, a tough time, especially for those who don't have the new consoles and want them. Just be, be you know, last year COVID was the the immediate, you know, thing that caused pause. Like, is this the best time to be releasing these consoles? And COVID is basically the reason for all of this. But now we're in a position where it's like, well, COVID's starting to calm down. Things are opening up with precautions, obviously. However, it's still affecting, you know, the video game industry because of the shortage of chips and things like that. So if you don't have a console, I apologize. I know it absolutely sucks. Um, hopefully you can get your hands on one soon. Uh, stay tuned to bestbuy.com, uh, things like that. Um, they are now having stock in store. So if you want to try to go into a place that, uh, go into a Best Buy and buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series S and X, you're now welcome to. Um, I will actually post in the in the comments section, I'm sorry, if in the description section, if you're listening on the free feeds, I will post a link to a Twitter account that you should follow because they will give you up-to-date information on stock and things like that. So... Our second story comes from IGN.com, and it's basically about the same thing. Not exactly, but Sony has opened up registrations to buy a PS5 in the U.S. A limited number of consoles will be available this holiday season. Uh, The direct registration system that will give those in the U.S. a chance to purchase a PS5 this holiday season is coming soon. However, not just anyone with a PSN account will be invited. I'm sorry. According to an FAQ page, invitations are limited and will be based on previous interests in PlayStation activities. There will be a limited number of consoles available. 
but if you want to be within a chance, all you need to do is register for an invitation using your email and PSN ID. Emails will be sent out starting in November, and if selected, you'll be invited to purchase the console via PS Direct. Each invitation will provide access to one PS5 or PS5 digital console. It will also have a time limit, so if you do register, keep an eye on your emails in November. Make sure your notifications are on. Make sure your emails pop up on your home screen. Trust me, guys, when it comes to the stock of these consoles, you have less than two, three minutes to act because they go ridiculously fast. If you miss it, then you're pretty much out of luck and you're just going to have to wait for the next round. Um, if you're interested in even more PS5 stock updates and how to get a PS5 before the end of the year, make sure you're following at IGN Deals on Twitter and they will post new stock availability when it's available to retailers like Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, and more, and that will probably include Target as well. Again, um, Sony has already confirmed that supply shortages for the PlayStation 5 will continue into 2022 with the global chip shortage causing significant issues. Now in May, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang said he anticipates supply shortages for the RTX 30 series to last until the second half of this year. In that same month, Sony CFO Hiroki Toki echoed those claims during an earnings call, stating that the company is expecting PS5s to remain in limited supply throughout next year. If you don't have one, I apologize. I know everybody wants one. Um, you have to be diligent. I'm not going to lie. When, when the PS5 pre-orders dropped out of nowhere last year, I didn't go to sleep until I was able to secure one. Um, luckily, I was up at about 11 o'clock when Amazon sent out links, and I was able to secure mine and pass the link on to some friends of mine's um, only one other person actually got theirs. I know everybody had the chance. They did secure the pre-order, but some of them canceled them. One of them was able to get one later on. The other one is actually still waiting. Um, so, you know, it's it's out there. Um, but you have to be very, very diligent. If you even blink or if you, may, if you sneeze, you may miss out on a pre-order. So you have to be very, very diligent, you guys. My next story also comes from IGN, and I'm very, very excited to report on this. Disney teases a Star Wars video game announcement for December, an announcement not so far, far away. I'm very stoked about this. Disney and Lucasfilm have teased a Star Wars video game announcement for December as part of a publishing campaign that will, will, excuse me, that will reveal new Star Wars products every Tuesday for the rest of the year. As announced in an article on the official Star Wars website, the companies have launched their Bring Home the Bounty campaign, which will see new Star Wars toys, collectibles, books, apparel, and more revealed on a weekly basis from now until the end of December. One of those will include a video game. Disney has given fans a glimpse into what they might expect from potential announcements across the campaign through an interactive poster on its site. Each week on the poster details different characters and memorabilia from across the franchise. However, on December 14th, Disney has instead opted to lead with the image of a gamepad, hinting that there may be a new Star Wars game announcement on the way. I will post the graphic uh, here on the Patreon, and I'll tweet it out if you're following me on Twitter. So, looks like week one, shop the collection, week, uh, week two, October 17th. Week 3, October 24th. Week 4, November 2nd. Week 5, November 5th. Week 6, November 16th. Week 7, November 23rd. And that would be the week of Thanksgiving, I believe. Or actually, yeah, that would be Thanksgiving week. Week 8 would be November 30th. Week 9 uh, looks like a celebration of Lucasfilms and their 50th anniversary, so congratulations to them. Week 10, December 14th, has the game pad. Week 11, December 21st, has Boba Fett's helmet. And week 12, it looks like a couple of lightsabers so i don't know what's going to be happening but it looks like all eyes will be glued to december week 10 december the 14th 
hopefully getting a new announcement. While it's unclear at this point whether the announcement will contain information about an already existing game or something completely new, there are currently a number of different developers working on games set in the galaxy far, far away. With EA's exclusivity deal over Star Wars games nearing its end, it's announced earlier this year that Ubisoft is working on its own open-world Star Wars entry. In an interview with IGN earlier this year, Senior Vice President of Walt Disney Games, Sean Shoptow, explained that he and his team had met with Ubisoft Massive after Disney's acquisition of Fox, which included, included an already-in-development Avatar video game project, uh, project. Although EA's exclusivity deal over the Star Wars franchise is set to run out, that by no means suggests that the publisher is stepping away from the universe. Earlier this year, EA CEO Andrew Wilson made very clear that Star Wars had been hugely profitable for the company and confirmed it would continue working on games set in the universe. One game we seemingly can count on from EA is Jedi, a Jedi Fallen Order sequel, and I'm hoping that's the announcement. Uh, aside from that, Quantic Dream is also rumored to be developing its own Star Wars game, and it was revealed during Sony's PlayStation Showcase that the team at Aspire is remaking Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic which I'm very much looking forward to. From the ground up for modern consoles, the K uh, Coda remake is set to release for PS5 as a console exclusive at launch alongside a PC release. Though at present, the game does not have an official release date. I'd say we're at least three years away from that game, bare minimum. Whether or not December 14th will delve further into one of the projects above or link to something completely different is anyone's guess for now. However, you can check out this week's announcement from the Bring Home the Bounty that revealed a range of Star Wars Funko Pops action figures and clothing. Again, that's on the Star Wars site, and I will uh, post the image on the Patreon if you're a patron. Um, I'm excited. I really hope that it is Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Um, it could not be, it could be, but I'm really, really hoping that it is fingers crossed. I love Jedi Fallen Order. It was my top game of 2019. So I can't wait to see, you know, what the sequel is going to be. We know there's a sequel. I believe it was an earnings call where they said that that's a franchise they would continue to support. So, uh, they're not talking DLC. They're definitely talking sequel in this realm. So I can't wait to see what that is. In other news, the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition looks like could range around $70. Prices for the GTA Trilogy have been spotted in the wild, though they have not been uh, yet confirmed. So far, the PS5 and Xbox Series S and X versions were listed at $70, which is expected. Everything for the PlayStation 5 and Series X and X has been $70. Madden 22, it cost me about $60 because I have uh, Xbox Game Pass and I have EA Play included with that, so you get a discount. Um, the director's cuts of Ghost of Shima and Death Stranding, those were only like 10 bucks to upgrade, so that was different because I actually already own those games on my PlayStation 4. However, Ratchet & Clank was $70, Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War was $70, Miles Morales, um, that was 70 I actually got the the Spider-Man game of the, 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 the upgraded one for the PS5. And that came with Miles Morales. Uh, that was $70, which my version of Spider-Man for the PS4 was $70 as well because I got the deluxe digital version and I also got the collector's edition. I was waiting for that to come in the mail, so I started on the digital edition, which I do with a lot of games. Um, definitely The Last of Us Part Two. I bought the digital edition so I could start playing it. And then the next day, my collector's edition came in the mail and things like that. Am I surprised prices are looking like $70? No, because... That's what the price has been for PS5 and Xbox Series S and X games so far. Um, I'm really hoping that there are vast improvements on the game. I know they're saying it's developed in the Unreal Engine. There's going to be a mix of old and new graphics. Hoping more new because 
the character models look like shit. I actually started playing GTA 3 on my PS5 over the weekend. I'm like, it didn't hold up very well. It's very polygonal. But also remember, this is from the PlayStation 2 Xbox era, and this is 2001 when that game released. There's only so much you can do. You can't shine a turd, as the old saying goes. So um, I'm very much looking forward to these. Would love to know what the release date is going to be. Um, the cool thing is, you know, the, the PS2 on PS4 version is only like a couple of megabytes, so it didn't take up much space on my hard drive. I know that this is going to be a pretty big file, so I got to figure out how to clear out some space, figure out what I'm not going to play and things like that. And at some point, I am going to have to update to an M.2 drive for my PS5 um, just for storage reasons. I actually have everything on the PS4 running directly off my external hard drive from my PlayStation 4 Pro. So at some point when I get an M.2 drive, I'll have the standard internal storage, the M.2 and the uh, external hard drive. So I, you can see I'm very dedicated to my PlayStation 5, but I will keep you guys updated with any news on a release date as far as the GTA uh, Trilogy Definitive Edition. Uh, in other news... From the good folks over at Epic Games, they could be making a Fortnite movie. Now, this is very interesting. Epic Games could be working on Fortnite feature film as well as expanding into a new media division, according to a new report. Here's the thing. This generally kind of signals the end of something. I'm not saying it's going to end. I'm just saying the popularity of the game could take a hit depending on this. I remember everybody was playing Angry Birds and it was effing everywhere. And then there's the Angry Birds movie and this, that, and the third. And the popularity kind of waned down at that point. This generally happens. There is a such thing of too much. Oversaturation is a real thing. And I tell people this all the time. Um, I, for one, am a fan of Fortnite. Um, I'm not as dedicated as I used to be. I literally used to play every day. Now I'll turn it on every couple of days. And I'm looking at the characters and the skins included in the, the battle pass for the season and stuff like that. Carnage is the big guy for this season, so I'm like, okay, I'm playing for Carnage. I already have Venom, but at some point, you got to introduce Spider-Man, right? Like, you can't have Carnage and Venom and not have Spider-Man. That just seems ridiculous. So, you know, I'm interested to see, but in a Fortnite film, who would you have? Would you have licensed properties, or would it just be like Jonesy and, you know, those regular characters and you know, what is it? Is it based on Save the World? Will it be based on Battle Royale? It could be very, very interesting. Now, in my opinion, if you're going to do this, this can't be a live action film. You have to do CG. You have to speak with somebody like Pixar or, or something or Illumination or something. One of those studios needs to handle this because you, you it just you're not going to make a live action Fortnite movie that just defeats the purpose of even jumping into the film universe. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, because you can't take it seriously because you're going to want it to be serious. But then if it's too serious because there's guns involved, then it's rated R. Then you take out, you know, your player base, which is kids, mostly kids. So then they got to get permission from their parents to see the film and all that stuff. It has to be CG. That's the only way this is going to work. And yeah, they need to reach out to like Illumination or Pixar for this for this film. If this is a real thing, we'll see. And lastly, from the good folks over at Call of Duty, they sent out a letter via social media, and it's very, very interesting. I'm going to read it. Dear Cheaters, we love games. It's our passion. We're honored to make games for the greatest fans in the world. We don't always get it right, but we're committed to doing our best. Cheating ruins the fun for everyone. No one likes a cheater. Our goal is to deliver a fun and fair gaming experience for our developers, for our fans, and most importantly, for Call of Duty players everywhere. Cheaters aren't welcome. There's no tolerance for cheaters, and soon you'll know what we mean. Sincerely yours, 
Call of Duty. They're introducing a system called Ricochet. I'm not exactly sure how it works, to be completely honest with you. Um, let's see. We're going to do a quick Google search. Um, let's see. Okay, Polygon has an article on it. Call of Duty Warzone deploys new anti-cheat tool next month. Activision tells players its ricochet anti-cheat system is not always on. Interesting. I don't know why you would tell them that. Call of Duty Warzone will get a kernel-level anti-cheat system and an update scheduled for next month. A significant escalation in developers' efforts to root out and remove uh, cheaters from a free-to-play battle royale that claims more than 100 million users. As of acknowledging the severity of this development, a news release from Activision on Wednesday included several statements and reassurances about player privacy and what the Rick Ricochet anti-cheat system will do on their computers. Ricochet will only be operating when players are in Call of Duty Warzone on their PC, Activision said. Okay, so if you're on console, it doesn't apply to you, apparently. Activision said, and the software is not an always-on monitor. The kernel-level driver only monitors and reports activated related do, uh, activity related to Call of Duty, the statement said. A driver installed at a PC's kernel-level has a high-level access to the software and applications installed on that machine, including its graphics card driver. Ricochet will be monitoring applications that attempt to interact with or manipulate Call of Duty Warzone. Ensuring player privacy is extremely important, and the prospect of a kernel-level driver may give some players pause. Activision said when players shut down Call of Duty Warzone, the driver turns off, the company said. Ricochet will also include new server-side tools which monitor analytics to identify cheating, enhanced investigation processes to stamp out cheaters, updates to strengthen account security, and more. Ricochet's rollout is expected to coincide with the November launch, November 5th launch of Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Vanguard, a separate title under development at Sledgehammer Games, but one whose multiplayer will integrate with Warzone. When Ricochet arrives, it will be required to play Warzone. Cheating has been a considerable problem for Call of Duty Warzone on PC practically since it launched in March 2020. The most recent wave of accounts, uh, account bans in early September took out 50,000 cheaters and came one week after 100,000 accounts were wiped. To date, Raven Software has banned more than 600,000 accounts it is connected to cheating or providing cheats. The Ricochet anti-cheat team's commitment is the relentless pursuit of fair play, Wednesday's statement said, which is fought against the sophisticated issue of cheating. We are dedicated and determined to evolve the Ricochet anti-cheat system over time, fighting for the community against those that aim to spoil their gaming experience. Riot Games implemented a kernel-level anti-cheat system for its hero shooter Valorant back when that game was closed uh, was in closed beta during the spring of 2020. When news of its existence spread, Riot developers also had to spend plenty of time reassuring players that their privacy was still preserved when the anti-cheat tool was running. Valorant's toolkit called Vanguard is also required to play that game. Ricochet, according to the news release, monitors software or applications that attempt to interact with Call of Duty Warzone. The driver reports back to Raven Software and helps the anti-cheat team gather intelligence about cheating and suspicious behavior. Machine learning algorithms will also examine gameplay to identify suspicious behavior trends and add another layer of security, Activision said. That said, player reporting will remain a critical element in all anti-cheat measures, so it's important that players continue to report suspicious behavior they encounter online, Activision added. Um, I don't play Call of Duty on my PC, so this doesn't really apply to me, and I don't play Call of Duty all that often, to be completely honest with you. I haven't even finished the campaign for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and I need to, but Call of Duty takes up like 100 gigs on your hard drive, if you guys are not aware, and that's why it's not on my PlayStation 5 right now. Um, here's the thing. 
I guess cheating is a really bad thing in the PC world with modding and things like that. Again, I don't play my PC all that often. I really only built it, to be completely honest with you, to have the point of view of a PC gamer because I clearly do a gaming podcast. Um, there's a lot of games I do enjoy playing on my PC, Forza being one of them, Forza Horizon to be specific. Um, if this is going to keep down cheating, then yeah, I'm all for it. I'm completely all for it. Um, do I think that they need to have lobbies that are specific to the platform? Um, I don't know. Should PC players be mixed in with console players? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on who you ask. I don't play enough uh, Call of Duty multiplayer to really have an opinion about it, to be honest with you. I do play a lot of zombies when I do play Call of Duty, but generally I play the campaign. I'm one of the few people that play the campaign. Having said all this... If cheating is that big of a problem in Call of Duty, then yes, it absolutely needs to be addressed. And I'm 100% behind this update. And I would like to see them tackle this so that this isn't a conversation that I even have to have on this podcast or any podcast going further in the future. So that's all I have to say about that. Now, in a new segment, I'm going to go over uh, games and things like that that are releasing as far as, you know, free to play or not exactly free to play, but, you know, they come with your subscription models. So here are your Xbox games for the month of October. For the Xbox One, Arrow, uh, a rhythm meets action shooter experience, riding a spaceship to a pulsing beat while shooting alien robots. That actually sounds kind of fun. That's October 1st through October 31st. Hover, October 16th through November 15th. Parkour and grind your way through a neon futuristic world in either single player or multiplayer. That's one I may check out. For the Xbox 60, uh, 360, I'm sorry, via backwards compatibility, Castlevania, uh, Castlevania, Harmony of Despair, October 1st through October 15th. Definitely going to check that out. Released in 2010, this game distinguished itself with a co-op mode, allowing you to pair up with multiple Castlevania characters from past games. Um, October 16th through the 31st, Resident Evil Code Veronica. Not a really big fan of this one. Starring Claire and Chris Redfield taking on zombies in the Southern Hemisphere, Code Veronica was an exclusive release for the Dreamcast in 2000. An HD remastered version, Veronica X, was released for the Xbox 360 in 2011. Um, so that's your Xbox games for the month of October. PlayStation Plus free games for October 2021. For the PlayStation 5, Hell Let Loose, that's on October 5th. So this game would already be available. This multiplayer shooter pits 50 players against 50 other players in a World War II themed battle to death. Uh, the maps are scaled to resemble real-world battle locations via satellite imagery. That's very interesting. So that's available if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber on the PS5. On the PlayStation 4, on October 5th, Mortal Kombat 10. Nothing to write home about. I, it's very strange that they're giving you a game that's that old. Mortal Kombat 11 has been out for a couple of years now. It'd be nice to get that. I don't know why they haven't. But anyway, the 10th installment of the long-standing fighting franchise reintroduced brutalities and handed the reins over to the next generation of combatants, leading the new class, Cassie Cage, the wise-cracking Gen Z daughter of Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage. So if you have a PS4 or even a PS5 and you don't have Mortal Kombat 10, it's available to you. Also on October 5th, PGA Tour 2K21, critically acclaimed for its difficulty and technical accuracy. This game includes 17 real-life golf courses and user-friendly assist mode for new players. Um... 2K took over the PGA license from EA. I haven't played a, a, a golf game since, other than like Mario Golf, since like Tiger Woods 2012 or something like that. Uh, it's been quite the while. So I don't know. It's free because I have PlayStation Plus, so maybe I'll check it out, but I'm not going to exactly hold my breath. 
the Google Stadia free games for October 2021. Control Ultimate Edition, that's October 1st. A paranormal third-person shooter you play as a woman imbued with supernatural control over space and matter. We included this as one of our top games of 2018. I believe IGN actually gave this Game of the Year 2018, which was surprising. Or maybe God of War won basically every other award, and it was really close. It was God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, though it was a late entry because it came out in September. Control was actually one of those games in there. I actually started it. I haven't finished it. Uh, I was playing it on my PlayStation 5 Pro. I'm sorry, my PlayStation 4 Pro. We do know at some point there is a PlayStation 5 Pro coming. Mark my words. Um, but yeah, Control's a pretty good game. Not going to lie, I didn't finish it. But I know that there's DLC if you get the massive Super Duper Edition. That's not what it's called. I don't know the name, but that's just what I'm calling it right now. Uh, and there's like... Alan Wake DLC, because those are both Remedy games, and now the Alan Wake remaster is also out as well, if you guys haven't picked that up. Also, October 1st, Hello Engineer, an offshoot of the Hello Neighbor franchise. You build machines out of scrap to escape an, an, an abandoned amusement park. That's interesting. Um, uh, my friend's kids were playing Hello Neighbor one day. I went by his house, and they seemed to really enjoy it. It's kind of something for the younger generation of gamers, so if you want a safe game for your kids to play, Hello Neighbor, Hello Engineer, take a look at those. Uh, DreamWorks Spirit, Lucky's Big Adventure, also the 1st of October, based on the Netflix series Spirit Riding Flea. You play an open-world adventure as Lucky and her faithful steed Spirit. Uh, that's October 1st. And then also on October 1st, Mafia 3, the definitive edition. Uh, really good game. I love the Mafia series. Set in New Orleans, Mafia 3 trades in protagonist Vito Scaletta for Lincoln Clay, a black Vietnam War veteran who seeks bloody revenge. Brutally violent, the game received praise for its portrayal of racial dynamics in the United States circa 1968. And then Amazon Prime Gaming for October 2021. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons, October 1st. I actually played this last year. Um, I can't remember which console or if I actually played it on my PC. I think I, pl I played it on the Xbox Series S. I take that back. I played it on the Series S when the Series S released. Uh chronologically taking place between episodes six and seven so that would be between um return of the jedi and rise of the whatever the the prequel trilogy is i don't know uh this game places you in the cockpit of new republican galactic galactic empire flight squadrons dogfight deathmatch mode allows for up to 10 players this game gave me motion sickness so i only played it for a little while and never went back to it so you guys have at it um, Ghost Runner, you play as a ninja hacking through a cyberpunk world with a bullet deflecting sword. Keep dashing and keep it moving. That sounds fun. Alien Isolation, you play as Amanda Ripley, daughter of Ellen Ripley, who's investigating her mother's disappearance while hiding and surviving against the titular alien. Never seen an alien movie, I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie, never seen it. Um, and then other games for October 1st, Song of Horror, Complete Edition, Red Wings, Aces of the Sky, Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures, Blue Fire, Tiny Robots Recharged, Whiskey and Zombies, The Great Southern Zombie Escape, and Secret Files 3. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that is, other than some other releases, FIFA 22 is out now. Uh, and that's on, excuse me, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. Um, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, that's out as, uh, October the 5th. It's kind of a Smash Brothers type of game with Nickelodeon characters. I've heard not so great things. There's no voice acting in the game, and I've heard it's not the best. Uh, the 
Description says, think Smash Brothers, but with Nickelodeon characters instead of Nintendo characters. Play as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, SpongeBob SquarePants, Ren and Stimpy, and more. Nickelodeon plans to add additional characters via post-launch DLC, so stay on the lookout for that. Uh, Far Cry 6 was out October 7th, starring Giancarlo Esposito as the dictator of a Caribbean island nation. Far Cry 6 cast the player in the role of Danny Rojas, a freedom fighter who is attempting to topple the brutal regime. And out last week, Metroid Dread, and that was October the 8th. The latest entry in the two Metroid 2D franchise has bounty hunter Samus Aran exploring the mysterious planet ZDR. Will rogue security robots try to kill her as she follows a lead on the ex-parasites? We already know Craig will be making an appearance. It remains to be seen whether uh, series mainstay Ridley will also find a way to come back from the dead. Um, Tetris, tet <laughs> Tetris Effect connected for the Switch October 8th as well. Not a fan of the of Tetris, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. The Nintendo Switch OLED was out as of October 8th, and some people say it's really nice with the screen improvement. Um, one thing of consequence, there's a plastic film on the screen. You're not supposed to remove that, apparently. That was a statement directly from the good folks over at the House of Mario. You are not supposed supposed to remove that plastic film from your screen. So if you have a Switch OLED, hoping that film is still on there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, back for, uh, excuse me, Back for Blood, October 12th, uh, made by the same developers left behind. Uh, I'm sorry, the same developers behind Left for Dead, Back for Blood continues the first person shooting multiplayer horror that the former made famous. New to Back for Blood is a card deck building mechanic which enhances your abilities at the beginning of each level. And coming on October 26th from Square Enix and Marvel Games, Square Enix's new Marvel title has a single player single player focus. That is Guardians of the Galaxy. You will play as Peter Quill, who leads his upgradable AI-controlled Guardians in the battle. It's a third-person shooter meets RPG meets adventure hybrid. Okay, Mario Party Superstars, October 29th. This is the second Mario Party game for the Nintendo Switch. So they're banging out some really good first-party IP over at Nintendo. Shout out to them. The latest entry in Nintendo's family-friendly... Family friendly Mart. Uh, <laughs> the latest entry in Nintendo's family friendly party franchise is a blast of the past, featuring remade boards from the Nintendo 64 Mario Party games and over 100 classic mini games. It's available to play online, side by side, or via local wireless with up to four players. And that is your new gaming. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the week in gaming for October. Oh boy, what <laughs> Saturday. October 16th. As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. I encourage you all to believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. Stay humble, stay happy, wear a mask, get vaccinated, guys, as well. If you're anti-vax, that doesn't mean you have to stop listening to this podcast. I would just strongly suggest it. It will save your life. Um, that's all the time I got for you guys. Remember, subscribe, patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience for more in sports, technology, film, pop culture, and all that good nonsense. I'm signing off. You guys have a great day. Peace out.